0: Hey everyone, this is uh, David. I uh, just wanted to welcome you to our EPL preview podcast. Uh, we released this to the Patreons uh, back on Tuesday morning, and uh, so give them a, a, f- a few days' heads up. I uh, just wanted to let you know about some of the other premium Patreon content that we got coming out uh, Victory Podcast. Uh, we watched the movie Victory, me, myself, uh, Luke Craig, and David Martin, and we had a, a almost two hour conversation about the movie Victory, which was fucking great. Um, definitely want you to check that one out, Uh, watch the movie Victory, and then uh, check out our podcast. If you are not already a member of the Patreon, patreon.com slash know. We have different levels. uh, where We give away beer as part of the Patreon, so we just really want to encourage you to check that out. That is how we pay for things like our microphones and fees and all that good fun stuff. We're releasing this one, our EPL preview podcast, to everybody. We don't do this very often. We've only released some of the Patreon content I think maybe two or three times but we have uh, some really good ideas for some uh, further patreon content we want you to get involved so patreon.com slash the daves i know top sports the daves that you know uh now enjoy our epl preview podcast with uh, myself dan wade and uh mj thanks <laughs> Uh-huh. yeah uh, special patreon only podcast we are the daves you know this is the daves you i you want me to be that type of dude and i want to
1: be who you like me to but we both know i can't do nothing at all
0: Welcome to uh, Patreon, to and and eventually non non Patreon folks to our EPL season preview. Um, normally, this in the past this has been done by Martin myself, both Liverpool fans. This year, we have new guys, new new co hosts uh, who bring a different perspective. Um, we have Dan Wade, uh, Arsenal fan, and uh, MJ uh, Matsui, um, Matthew Johnson, our Everton correspondent. So, how we're gonna do this is we're gonna just break down each team. Um, we Divvy the teams up, uh, pretty, you know, relatively judiciously. Um, last week, uh, we're gonna talk very briefly about each team, maybe three to five minutes max. Uh, at the very end, we're gonna then we're gonna um, we're gonna have a draft between the the three of us to see uh, who can get the most number of points, uh, and then um, and then yeah, then we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll do our top six, our bottom three, and we'll get out of here. So um, you guys have any? Anything else you want to add? Uh, any any general thoughts on, on the EPL?
2: Should be a good season. As I was going through getting ready for the, the draft component, like there's a bunch of teams. There's, there should be a legit title race this year. The Champions League and, and Europa League places should be tight. The relegation battle should be interesting. So it should be a really good EPL season. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, so let's jump into it. So uh, first things first, some of the some of the the you know sticking points, the minutia. Um, season's gonna start on Saturday, September twelfth. So you'll be getting this later today, uh, the seventh. So Saturday the twelfth is when the season kicks kicks off for most teams. Uh, Man U, Man City, um, both got uh, they're gonna be waiting a little bit because of uh, the they had Europa seasons to finish and Champions League. Um, so Man U, Man City, Burnley, and Aston Villa all will, will kick off uh, the following weekend. But uh, the rest of the teams will will kick off on September 12th. Season is going to end, presuming we don't have another uh, COVID-related world pandemic, May 23rd, less than two weeks, less than three weeks before the rescheduled Euros and pretty much every other uh, international tournament that was moved from, uh, including (laughs) including the the, um, Olympics from this past summer. Um, Because of a shortened time frame, FA Cup and the Carabao Cup are now going to be single legs uh, with no replays. At least for this year, I, I can imagine that might be a thing that kind of sticks on at least for the Carabao Cup, not doing um, not doing replays. And then the earliest we could see fans back um, at reduced capacity is looking like October. Um, I know Liverpool has plans for a match against Sheffield, I believe, mid October to try and get uh, about 23 to 24 percent capacity. Um, so I would expect we'll see fans in, in the stadiums before the end of the year. Uh, in Europe at least, because they're actually handling the virus well as opposed to uh, the United States, which is not. So,
2: One of the really interesting glitches with that is that Brighton hosted fans for their preseason match against Chelsea. And then now they can't until October 1st because that's the nationwide scheme kickoff day. So it's this very weird, like, false start thing.
0: Well, they're testing it out too. I, I mean, I'm sure they yeah. will, will try to do um, – they'll do um you know walkthroughs and try to get some you know like like Minnesota united did when they opened their new stadium I'm trying to see how things pitch points and where things are um if you can do it during a soccer match that's even better um obviously you can't mimic uh some of the the same you know fan movements and things like that for non-soccer matches so um Couple other things. So VAR screens are gonna be on the pitch um, and it could be the, the uh, English FA is, is encouraging the referees to actually use the VAR screen this year as opposed to last year when it seemed like they were actively discouraging them. Uh, uh, the EPL is back to three subs uh, and seven, uh, seven uh, on the bench. So if, uh, regular 18 with three subs. And the transfer window is a little different this year. It's actually, um, it's gonna be open for the first uh, first part of the season. Uh, closes October fifth uh, internationally, and I think there's another uh, week or so for teams to transfer players within the English system. So pretty much, you know, teams uh, loans to championship teams and things like that. In terms of international tournaments, uh, Champions League group stage starts October twentieth uh, uh, or twenty first. Europa also starts on the twentieth. Um, Spurs qualifying starts in uh, in about ten days, <clears throat> and they have to get through three rounds to get to to the group stage of Europa League. So. Good luck uh, to uh, all our Spurs friends. Uh, Carabao Cup actually starts next week um, with uh, European teams. So the uh, teams in the top six uh, or top seven, I believe this from last year, are going to enter in round three uh, the week of the 22nd, 23rd. And then the FA Cup round three, which is when the EPL teams um, will join, starts uh, January 9th uh, 2021. So. It's gonna be a really condensed season. Uh, lots of matches, so there's gonna be you know need a lot of squad depth and a lot of rotation, which I think is gonna factor into what a lot of the teams have done or you know have, in some cases, been unable to do um, in terms of uh, filling up their 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 squad. So, so we're gonna go in order uh, of the uh, you know alphabetically, um, and uh, yeah, so we're just gonna hear from each one of us for one particular team. Um, if there's a particularly burning question we have for one of the other ones. We can jump in, but we're going to try and keep it real tight, uh, real um, real succinct. And we're going to start with Arsenal. Um, they are the uh, uh, Alphabet A. Um, they come ahead of Aston Villa. And Dan has Arsenal, um, as Dan is our Arsenal expert here. Um, Dan, tell us a little bit about Arsenal. Yeah,
2: so Arsenal had a really interesting 2019-2020 season. They started really mediocre. It's uh, something we've talked about on the, the podcast a few times of just – draw after draw after draw. They were completely, I, I'm not going to say unwatchable, but not particularly enjoyable. Uh, one of their big accomplishments for the season was getting rid of Unai Emery, who was grinding the team uh, into that sort of uh, more dull style, and bringing in former Arsenal captain and Pep Guardiola's right hand, uh, Mikel Arteta. So that was one of the, the big catalysts for the season. They finished in 8th place, 14-14 and 10 on 56 points, they also scored 56 goals. There's a fun fact for you. Uh, but their big achievement was beating Chelsea in the FA Cup final after having beaten Manchester City in the semi-final uh, to secure their Europa League place uh, and give themselves a, a spot in the Community Shield, which they used to aplomb winning the first trophy of the year by knocking out who? David?
0: <laughs> Liverpool. Liverpool. Sorry
2: for that dead air.
1: Uh. <laughs> whatever. I
0: don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yes. Whatever. Fine. Fuck you. <laughs>
2: Um, I gotta, I gotta I'm get in my shots where I could.
0: That's this fair. was,
2: this was one of Arsenal's worst seasons in the, in about the last twenty years. Uh, but the the future appears bright. So they're good players right now. Obviously, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang uh, finished runner up for the Golden Boot race last year. Scored uh, in both, scored two goals in both the final and semifinal at Wembley. Uh, just an absolute dynamic striker. Really, the kind of player Arsenal has been searching for since Thierry on Henry, Henry left for Barcelona. Um, he is in the last year of his contract. This is something to watch out for, but the expectation is that uh, it will be renewed. At the other end of the spectrum is the just-turned-18 Boyako Saka, who is a, an absolutely phenomenal winger, super dynamic, um, incredibly intelligent runs, very good at running with his head up and, and seeing the next pass. Uh, he He is the type of player, so Arsenal really reminds me of where we saw the Loons last year, where they have a bunch of kind of mid level guys that are a little bit non differentiated. Granite Shaka is better than, uh, uh, say, (laughs) Kalasinach, sorry that name escaped me there for a second, is better than Socrates, but not by huge leaps and bounds. And then you have this huge youth movement of players who are playing their way onto the team and just a handful of elite-level players really showing fans what their talent level should be. Um, So a little bit like United has to figure out how to get that middle tier up to the level of either the kids or the the elite-level players. That's what what Arsenal is facing and what they've done, had to deal with a little bit this offseason. So one of the pieces they needed to replace or at least uh, figure out a plan for, was David Luiz. David Luiz, who set the record last year for penalties conceded. And uh, I'm given to believe that's not what you want in your best central defender. I don't know. Can you guys confirm on the <laughs>
0: Probably not, no. <laughs>
2: not optimal. David Luiz gave up uh, more penalties than a number of teams did. So that's that's like not great. Uh, but the reason that the, the team re-signed him to a new contract is he is a uh, apparently and we've heard this from both Arsenal and Chelsea observers an all time great teammate. And so this is really our Arteta focusing on having good influences for the younger players in the team uh, in order to perhaps see a little bit more of him in the locker room, a little less on the pitch. The team turned around and got William Saliba, who they had actually acquired at the end of last season, and Gabriel Malagasy. Uh, who is an exciting defender from Lyon. So there's clearly some upgrades at the back. Uh, The wings looked really solid at the end of last year. There's definitely still a few moves to be made. So I don't think we're seeing the final Arsenal squad at all yet. But uh, that sort of leads to the one big question, which is the team last year looked Jekyll and Hyde. They looked entirely mid-table, unappealing and beatable they also looked really good towards the end of the season as Arteta's system sort of sunk in so which Arsenal team are we going to see over the course of a full EPL season is it the one that uh just kind of loses some intensity as the the winter months come on and and looks a little lackluster on the ball or is it the team that really wants to bunker and counter the way we've seen Man City do so effectively uh expectations for the year uh Arsenal did win their way into the Europa League and they do not have to play teams with 49 consonants the way that uh, <laughs> Tottenham does to go to the knockout stage. So I think it's very reasonable to say that the expectation for Arsenal is at least the Europa semifinals. The goal would be to win the Europa League and within the league to finish in the Europa places.
0: Very good. Very good. All right, moving on. Uh, Aston Villa. Um, I have Aston Villa. Uh, last year, they finished 9, 8, and uh, 21. Um 35 points. That was good for 17th place, barely escaping relegation. Mostly thanks to a uh, uh, talk about a phantom goal um, against Sheffield United. A uh, goal that should have gone in for Sheffield uh, that was not counted, um, and the goal line technology, which uh, is you know supposedly uh, infallible or un- yeah unfallible in uh, in the in the EPL, um, actually failed, and uh, you know a goal was not allowed, and Aston Villa stole a point and managed to stay up by aforementioned point. So they have a lot of things to uh a lot of things to work on. Dean Smith, uh head coach, um Jack Greelish, uh who is currently still uh with Aston Villa. Um kind of surprisingly, um, you know, there's been talk of him moving for several years. Um and uh he's still with Aston Villa um will be a key uh a key component. Um they spent a shit ton of money in 2019 uh, coming up from uh, the, the, the championship. Um, nearly $200 million, and it was not money that was very well spent. Um, they brought in the likes of Wesley, Douglas Luis, uh, Algazi, um, and Jota, um, who were very, very disappointing for Villa. Um, you know, they are going to be one of those teams I think that is waiting until the very, very end of the transfer window to um, bring in players especially considering, you know, what's, depending on what happens here with Jack Grealish, um, sounds like both Manchester United and Arsenal are interested in, in Jack Grealish and, and kind of really depends on what he wants to do. You know, they brought in um, a uh, – uh, sorry, Matty Cash, a uh, 23-year-old right back. Um, you know, he's more a uh, defender than a sort of fullback turned winger. Um, he came from the um, Nottingham Forest on the EFL championship side they are going to be in another relegation battle that's it's pretty much um i think a given with astavilla in spite of all the money they spent i especially considering all the money they spent and with COVID stuff um until they can sell grealish for a significant amount of money i don't see them doing a ton of business to bring anybody else in so um i think it's going to be if you are a a, a villa fan i think it's going to be a very um uh, rough and tumble season and you're going to be uh, biting your nails towards t- till the end of the year so all right, um, moving on, Brighton and Hove Albion, and this is Dan. Now, I I swear, MJ has a few coming up. Um, he's managed to get, like, the middle and the end of the alphabet, so.
1: No one wants to hear my Premier League I mean, We have to do, do MJ. Yes, we do. Um, if you do.
0: All right, Dan, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, what you got?
2: Brighton and Hove Albion finished last year on 41 points in 15th place. Uh, a little bit out of the, the relegation scrap, but definitely we're not – Safe, safe, until uh, towards the end of the season. So their notable accomplishment was they stayed up. Good good work, Seagulls. Uh, <laughs> they're good players. Uh, I'm a big Pascal Gross fan. I have been for a long time. Uh, and he's going to partner with uh, former Liverpool stalwart Adam Lallana in attack. And I think that actually gives them a pretty decent platform for uh, Neil Baupay to, to strike from, uh, which is good. The interesting thing about Brighton last year is they finished – middle of the pack on damn near every stat. There's nothing that they did extraordinarily well. There's nothing they did extraordinarily poorly. They just weren't particularly lucky in their finishing uh, because they didn't score all that many goals and and consequently ended up sort of in the relegation fight. So I think that's the big thing they need to work on this year is finding someone up top, and it may be Malpe, it may not be, who can put the damn ball in the back of the damn net because that's what soccer comes down to. They can, they can be stalwart in defense. They can, uh, they can hold the ball well in the midfield and they did both of those things. But if you're not scoring, you're not winning. That's basically what it comes down to Uh, the expectation for the year. I think this is a low mid table side, but it's not hard to envision them getting sucked into the relegation fight again. Uh, If some of those signings for Villa start coming good, if we see Fulham and Leeds perform at the level they did in the championship, then somebody's got to go down, and, and Brighton and Hope don't have a ton to recommend them. So they. it's hard to envision them not being sort of bottom of the table. Um, but they beat some good teams last year, so including Arsenal because they cheated, but that's for another podcast. Uh, <laughs> my one big question for this team is, uh, is Neil Malpay one of those really amazing strikers that plays for a crap team, and that's why he's scoring goals? or is he actually just kind of a crap striker? So he scored 10 goals last year. He was their leading scorer, but uh, he's, he's 24. So there's still plenty of career ahead of him, tons. But he needs to show this year that he can carry an offense on his back uh, because he didn't show that last year.
0: All right, very good. All right, um, moving along. Um... Burnley is uh, is next on our list, and I have Burnley. Um, sorry, I am lost the agenda here, guys. I, I apologize. I'm the worst. All right, uh, Burnley finished uh, 15, 9, and 14, uh, 54 points last year, solidly in 10th place. Um, I mean, their notable accomplishment was just doing Burnley things and <laughs> being middle of the table. Um, it seems like their team – Sean Deitch, uh is their coach and he just seems like a dude who just will keep the team in the middle of uh, the EPL table, which, you know, for a team like Burnley um, with a very small uh, stadium, that's that's good business. Um, they haven't really made any, uh, any signings um, in or out. Um, I suppose out, uh, they did uh, release Aaron Lennon and Joe Hart, uh, Joe Hart who signed with uh, Todd M. Hotspur, so good for him. But they haven't brought anybody in, so the, the big question I have for Burnley really is, um, you know, what is their what is their plan for any sort of reinforcements? Um, again, is this you know this seem, is it going to seem like a team? Um, and I've said, if obviously I'll say it again, probably waiting towards the the very end of the uh, of the transfer window about who they're bringing in, um, what they can do. Um, if I think best case scenario for Burnley is they are never in, uh, they're never in a relegation battle, right? They just sort of are solidly mid-table from the start of the season on. Um, You know, worst case scenario is we have uh, another, um, a, uh, uh, God, who... Shit! Oh, a Burmuth situation. Sorry, I was trying to remember who got <laughs> relegated. Um, a Burmuth, uh, who you know had been in the uh, the Cherries, who had been in in the in the uh, EPL for for several years um, with a well-established coach, and then just got sucked down into the relegation battle and just could not uh, could not find a way out. That's sort of worst-case scenario for Burnley. I don't see Sean Dyche uh, allowing his team to get to that point. They do have some young players um, that could go out, um, uh, you know, for bigger fees. Uh, but I see Burnley just doing the, the same, the same damn things that Burnley does every, uh, every single, every single year. So don't expect much. I expect Burnley to be sort of solidly middle of the table. So.
2: Fun fact, Sean Deich is at this point, the longest serving premier league manager. And that seems crazy to me.
0: Yeah. He's got Jurgen Klopp by like, I think like four months or something like that. Klopp is Klopp is second, which is also <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, Sean Dyche, I believe was, was, uh, when they came up, uh, was the same year that, uh, Liverpool fire Brendan Rogers mid season. So yes, he's uh, he does have that on, on uh, um, everybody else. Uh, all right. So next up is Chelsea. Uh, I also have Chelsea. Um, I swear to God, we're going to get to MJ here very, very quickly. Um, Chelsea uh, finished uh, 26 and 12, 66 points, uh, finished tied for third. Uh, I think ultimately in fourth place on, uh, I think it was gold differential or something. And, um, obviously a uh, big accomplishment was you know frank lampard took a team that was not necessarily predicted to uh, to do well um i mean not predicted to do well for for what a chelsea side normally expects right they they were playing they had a transfer man um they had a lot of young kids it was definitely a play the kids type situation and people you know chelsea was they did what they needed to do which was qualify for champions league for this year um you know they made a decent run in the champions league last year uh, ultimately uh, getting knocked out by eventual champions, Bayern Munich uh, in the round of, six, round of 16. Um, they brought in uh, a bunch of players, <laughs> a lot of attackers. Uh, they did bring in Benchoa um, to solidify their defense, but they brought in Timo Werner from uh, Leipzig, uh, Hakim Ziyech from Ajax, uh, Tiago Silva from PSG, uh, Kai Havertz just signed from uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, they didn't lose a ton. They did lose Willian who went to Arsenal on a free transfer, um, good on you, Dan. But in terms of, uh, of you know, talent out, um, not a ton, uh, Pedro uh, moved to Roma on a free. So what we expect from Chelsea, I mean, we expect, I expect Chelsea to be in the, in the title race uh, all year um, with Arsenal, with Liverpool, with Man City, with Man United. This is actually, you know, as Dan mentioned, this is gonna be a fun, I think a fun year to watch, um, you know, top six, top, eight soccer um maybe less so if you are a team uh in the bottom half of the table but um definitely a team that is uh gonna challenge for the um premier league title you know before they brought in ben choa was, was my question i have to some of my chelsea supporting friends was you just plan to win every game five to four or <laughs> or what because they you know very un-Chelsea, like gave up a shit ton of goals last year and again you know they did bring in ben Chua. he is still hurt so it's i mean they don't really have uh, a lot of new um you know their defense is, has not been great um you know they with what they're bringing in with the amount of money they're spending compared to the rest of the premier league they need to win a trophy right they need they need something um whether it's the fa cup whether it's the, the carabao cup something uh for to sort of justify the uh the expenditures and, you know, the big thing with, with Frank, I um, you know, we, we didn't even talk about first fucking Kristen Pulisic who burst onto the scene um, last year. He <laughs> didn't, didn't really get a, a good start. Um, then just caught fire, then got hurt, of course, obviously. Um, then was just getting his feet again. And then of course the pandemic happens. And then he comes back from the pandemic and is abs- absolutely was the best player on, the, on that Chelsea team last year during the, the sort of whatever the, we want to call the, the third part of the season. Right, the post um, post pandemic part of the season, and honestly, you could make an argument that was he was the best player in the EPL during that time, um, was just creating chances, scoring goals, and they brought in a lot of attacking, uh, a lot of attacking players. So the big question that you know American fans have is is where's Pulisic fit on there? I mean, you know he should be in the starting lineup until he plays himself out of the starting lineup, um, but who do you sit on the bench when you got uh, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz and all the, in, in um, uh, Tammy Abraham and all the attacking talent that uh, Chelsea has. Again, none of them can play defense, which is a, a you know, a problem for Chelsea. Maybe you play, uh, you know, what, uh, uh, a four, two, uh, four, <laughs> right? Four attackers. Um, okay. But we'll see what happens with Chelsea. I, you know, high side is they, you know, they're, again, they're, they're battling for a Premier League title. They're in it until the, you know, last week. They're doing something in Champions League. Um, you know, low side is, is Frank Lampard can't get this to work. And, and they're, uh, you know, struggling to, to qualify for, for uh, Europa League next year. All right. Uh, next up
1: is Crystal Palace. MJ, finally. On, MJ? <laughs> so the Eagles. The Eagles of Crystal Palace. Uh, all this hype about Arsenal and Tottenham in North London. And now Fulham's back in the Premier League, so you got your West London derby with Chelsea and Fulham. No, South London is where it's at. It's about <laughs> Crystal Palace and the fucking Eagles. Uh, Roy, Roy Hodgson is the manager. He used to play for them. He's kind of come full circle and now manages for them. I think he was in their youth academy he just, uh, he loves the, that place. Um, is he going to do anything? I don't know. Uh, they, let's see, They where did they finish last year? 14th? You know, I really don't see how they improve much on 14. If they're top 15 and stay up this, I mean, I don't think they'll be down, really down in relegation, but I really just think they, they need to focus on, like, can we stay top 15, kind of middle of the table? You know, if they finish 12th, they're, they're hitting they're boxing above their weight, in, in my opinion. Uh, some of their players, uh, Senegalese, number eight, Chekyu uh, um, Koniate, the Wilfried uh, Zaha is still on the team. Andros Townsend still on the team. Jordan Ayou is still on the team, and of course uh, Belgian Christian Benteke is on the team. So their their attack is going to be going to be fun uh, when they get on the ball and get things into attacking third. I just their defense is weak. Um, they transferred in a 19 year old center back Nathan Ferguson from West Bromwich, um, and uh, their big sign was attacking midfielder. Uh, uh Aze from Queen Park Rangers for sixteen million pounds. Is he gonna be the glue that, that that uh attacking wingers and striker need up front? I don't know. All right. Uh well tell us a little bit about a team
0: that you actually know a little bit about Everton, your beloved Everton. Uh MJ, what,
1: how's Everton looking? The Toffees, Northern Liverpool. So this is the second season under Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, their goalkeeper is good, though maybe not the England number one anymore. Probably still for a little while, Jordan Pickford. Um, really good uh, right fullback by the name of Seamus Coleman. Lucas, uh, uh, Luca Dean is helping fill in um, for a retired Leighton Baines, if you will, in that left back role. Uh, They still have Gilfie Sigurdsson in attacking midfield and Richarlison. The big offseason transfer was a uh, center mid by the name of uh, Allen from from Brazil. Uh, Is he going to help link between the defense and the attacking midfield? Hopefully. Um, Is he worth the money they paid for him? I don't know. So I think Allen's definitely one of those question marks is, is is he going to be the real deal? Is having another Brazilian, you know, with Bernardo and Richarlison, is that going to, you know, are they going to be speaking more Portuguese on the pitch? Hopefully. Um, They also picked up taking a page out of uh, Minnesota United's book of uh, needing, they looked at Minnesota United and uh, said, you know what? Mm -hmm. They've had success getting some fullbacks from Ligue 1. So they went after a French fullback, uh, Niels Lukaku from Marseille. They have left back depth issues because, as I said, Leighton Baines, long time, uh, uh, 18 years in the Premier League, 13 years with Everton, is now retired. Um, Other big transfers, uh, leaving is – Martin Stecklenberg, their uh, backup goalkeeper. I don't think this affects them too much because they're not in Europe. Um, obviously, there's the the EFL League Cup, Carabao Cup, um, and other sorts of things. Uh, they uh, loaned in a uh, Portuguese goalkeeper named Bruno Varela from Benfica. So, okay. All right. Well, oh, the big rumor is. They're they're in talks with James Rodriguez. I think, yeah, you're gonna, you you were not going to mention James? Uh <laughs> yeah. So is he, you know he'd be great. Uh, is is he going to sign? I don't know. I um I really dislike the whole uh, transfer rumor mill. Uh, it just floods my everything from my emails to my Twitter mentions and what else not that I'm in. Uh, my fought mob just blows up with transfer rumors. Uh, Who knows at at this point, but yeah, I'd like to see Hamas Rodriguez uh, wear wear some blue. Right on. All right. uh, The first of our promoted
0: teams, uh, Fulham uh, and Dan has Fulham.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We are headed to Craven cottage boys. The single greatest name of a stadium ever because one, there's a literal cottage there and two (laughs) Craven is a woefully underused adjective.
1: Yes,
0: indeed. (laughs) All right, tell us about Craven Cottage.
2: Craven Cottage and the Cottagers. Fulham finished fourth in the championship last year, but uh, won the promotion playoff uh, on a goal that a whole bunch of soccer people raved about and thought was great and was actually entirely crap goalkeeping.
1: Um,
2: (laughs) A a B-grade MLS keeper would have kept that ball out but it's England, so it has to be great. <laughs> uh, this is really one, of, really one of the Euro snob moments of the year. Oh, this was amazing. No, that's bad goalkeeping, and you can't tell the difference. Uh, but whatever, crap goals still count, and that's what it took to get Fulham up. Their key player is Alexander Mitrovic. Mitrovic has been the subject, uh, to MJ's point, of the rumor mill for years and years and years. He's an extremely talented player. Um, consistently linked with bigger clubs, bigger opportunities, but has chosen to stay with Fulham. He rewarded them to the tune of 26 goals last year in the championship. Fulham's next highest scorer had eight. So, if Mitrovic gets hurt this year, um, they're boned. There's really no no two ways about that. He is or
0: or plays like he did two years ago.
2: <laughs> so. Right, ex- exactly. <laughs> so I, there's there are certainly tons of these guys who just light up the championship and you think they're going to be completely amazing. And then they get promoted into the EPL and it turns out whatever was making them good defenses are shutting down or they can't hack the the physicality, et cetera. So it'll be interesting. Mitrovic has EPL experience, not good EPL experience, but he has the experience. So it'll be interesting to see which version of the striker we get this year. Um, I think Fulham ends up in a relegation battle kind of no matter what, but if he doesn't play well, they, I'm not saying they're going to be Darby County bad, but they're going to be real bad. Uh, players on, the, on Fulham who suck. I really wanted to do this segment about Alfie Mawson, who has the name of the unrequited love interest in a 50s sitcom. <laughs> Alfie Mawson! Uh, <laughs> who, you can't, I'm not wrong. And now you'll never hear it any other way. Lawson um, played for Swansea when they were up. Um, he's been up and down with, with a couple of teams. He used to be this highly regarded prospect uh, when and he was, you know, sort of 1920, 21, and just has not produced on that promise at all. I mean, at this point in his career, there was the expectation that he'd be looking at an England call up and his name is, not in the top 50 uh unfortunately or fortunately he was loaned fortunately for fulham he was loaned to bristol city so he won't be darkening their door anymore so uh who sucks turns to Harry Harry, excuse me sorry harry arder uh another player who uh should be an roi (coughs) excuse me roi international uh gets into the side sometimes not consistent uh he's been up and down again with a bunch of uh a bunch of teams over the course of his career. So he just, he has the look of a player whose level is worst three teams in the EPL, best three teams in the championship. Um, He's consistent. I'll give him that, but Fulham need more from their defense um, if they're going to stay up this year. And that leads me to my one big question. So Tim Ream, the U S international is one of their fullbacks. He's been consistently excellent for them, consistently team of the month or player of the month loved by the fans a true Fulham guy Uh, Fulham America is a, is the joke because Fulham uh, of course gets so many U S internationals. They have Ream this year. They also uh, recently signed Anthony Robinson uh, fresh off of heart surgery. So really hoping he's healthy this year. Uh, That was very scary at the end of last year. Uh, But Tim Ream is 32 and fullbacks don't, quite have the same longevity that say goalkeepers do and he's sort of starting to get to the end of his career so the question for fulham is at age 32 is tim Ream still an epl caliber player or is that going to become an area of weakness against pacey or fullbacks pacey or wingers this year my expectation for the team they'll be in the relegation fight i think it is somewhat likely that they will be relegated uh but no matter how bad their season is they will beat at least one top six team at Craven cottage because they do that every year. Craven Cottage is a really tough place to play, and whether they trip up Man United, they may pip Arsenal on the first day of the season, which would be deeply <laughs> chagrinning to me, but it's entirely possible. But like this is what they do. No matter how bad they are the rest of the year, the top six roll into Craven Cottage, and Fulham fights them like there's real money on the line. So uh, expect Fulham to be bad, except for the one time that you want them to be bad, in which case they'll just annihilate Liverpool. It'll be like 6-1.
1: Wouldn't that's, that be fun to watch?
0: That's not going to happen. Um, I could no. definitely, I could definitely see them. Uh, uh, Arsenal not showing up for a match, though. <laughs> that is, yeah.
2: Arsenal, Chelsea, Manu. It's like one of those three is going to forget the midweek game, and they'll be looking to something in Europe. And uh, and Fulham's just going to trip them up. They they do, yeah. do it everywhere.
0: Right on. All right. Uh, next up is our second promoted team, uh, Leeds United. Um, that's me, I have Leeds. Uh, they finished last year in the championship 28, 9, and 93. Uh, first place in the EFL championship. They ran away with, with the championship. Um, this is their first season back in the premiership in 16 years. And and honestly, the the biggest story and question mark and everything that revolves with uh, Leeds revolves around Marcelo Bielsa. Um, that guy is, uh, if, you, if you've not watched Marcelo Bielsa on the sidelines, he's fun to watch. The guy has interesting tactics. And I guess the biggest question, you know, that sort of faces leads is uh, – um, and Bielsa has – you know, that's the other thing with Bielsa is that he, he pushes uh, his players really hard. Um, you know, he gets them to work hard. He's got a lot of tactical flexibility uh, and commitment. The, the, the knock on him um, in the past has been that his teams tend to fade um, during the uh, latter part of the year just from, you know, whether it's from overworking, um, tiredness, you know, you know, heavy legs or whatever. Did have to deal with that this year because they had a you know three month uh, break in the middle of the season. So got to rest and relax. So what will you know a, a like I said a condensed season? Um can you know can leads uh you know play with the style that they play, um attacking direct style. Um they bred in uh, they did bring in uh the Spanish international Rodrigo uh for about twenty seven million dollars from Valencia um to score some goals for them. Um not they did not really have a problem uh, scoring goals last year. And the question is, is, is will sort of that lead style of play, um, you know, lots of uh, one touch passes, um, can that sort of work in the EPL with um, significantly better defenses? Um, you know, it's Bielsa is playing a style that is, um, you know, not dissimilar to the styles that uh, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola like to run out, sort of a high press, um, putting, uh, you know, players in. Um, you know, a threatening position in their own in their own half, in their own uh, final third, uh, in their own third, sorry. And then, um, you know, that works a little bit better in the championship when you don't have as good a defenders, right? As cerebral defenders and as defenders who are as, uh, you know, athletically talented as he, the teams he's gonna run up against. Um, I love Wigan, but playing Wigan is a lot different than playing say Liverpool and Man City with uh, defenders who are willing and capable of like dribbling and passing and through and, you know playing through that uh, that high press style, so you know big. I don't think Leeds is worried about uh, a relegation battle. Although I mean that is you know significantly you know really 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 worst case scenario um, will be um, in a relegation battle. I kind of think they'll be a lot like Wolves were. Um, they're going to come up. They're going to come up uh, fast and hard. And I you know they're going to get enough. You know, maybe they'll they sort of falter towards the end, and maybe they'll. You know, I could easily see Leeds sort of challenging for a top six position for for you know a significant chunk of the year, and then kind of fading towards the end, finishing you know right around ninth or tenth, um, battling with the likes of Everton and uh, Southampton for for that nine ten spot <laughs> this year. Sorry, MJ, throw that little, little dig in there for you.
1: They could do even better than that. Um, they they could finish top eight, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh,
0: Leicester City's up next. Dan, who you got? Leicester City managed by the uh, the
2: very capable Brendan Rogers, a.k.a. The Broge, uh, arguably the greatest nickname among the coaches, uh, finished in fifth last year, which is probably disappointing to them given how much of the season they spent up in kind of second and third, <clears throat> not second, sorry, third and fourth. Uh, their big accomplishments for last year, uh, probably their biggest was going to Southampton on a rainy night and... Beating the absolute snot out of Southampton, they beat them nine nothing, which tied the, the EPL record defeat. And honestly, they probably could have had two or three more. Uh, that game, that was bad. Like, it, I, I love, I loved the eight two, uh, drubbing Bayern over. Uh, of barcelona i like don't get me wrong i love a good shootout this was this stopped being fun it was like watching someone beat a corpse uh credit to southampton though it did wake them up they played a lot better after that game uh let's just sort of fade it out of the champions league places i believe they they finally fully fell out of fourth uh on the last day of the season so that's probably disappointing to them uh to be stuck down in europa with the likes of arsenal and tottenham but It's uh you play, you play the full season. You don't get to stop it in March. Uh, the good on this team, it, it is, it was, it likely ever more shall be because of, uh, I am blighted by an angry God, Jamie Vardy, uh, who just scores a bunch of goals and he scored them when Riyad Mahrez was stealing defenders, when N'Golo Conte was giving him the ball. He scores them when uh, Wilfred Ndidi is the one passing the ball or (laughs) when Iosei Perez is pulling defenders. Like Jamie Vardy just scores goals. He scored 23 last year. He was the golden boot winner. I hate the dude. He's not a good person as, as has been proven numerous times in and out of the press but the man fucking puts the ball in the back of the
0: net. He just does. God, I would love to see him in MLS, or, you know, Jamie Vardy in MLS. Like, cool. he would probably score 40 goals. Yeah. Like, he would – and everyone would
2: hate him. Like, he would be a heel on his own team. But uh, – He would look good the, in a wing kit. Yeah. Wait, he's the like, – this is the Jamie Vardy experience, right? Like, wow, that guy says some terrible things. and I think he has a fairly – he missed games for a racist incident, right? Like I'm not misremembering that.
0: I believe so. Yeah. 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 Not, not, not last year, but yes, he has. Yes. He's not a, uh, he's not a good person. His wife's not a good person. Um, <laughs> no, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a whole, the Vardy's is oh. a whole thing, So
2: it could like, that's, it's a reality <laughs> show waiting to happen. But look in the, in the 90 minutes of game time, Jamie Vardy scores a hell of a lot of goals and he's easily Lester's best player. I,
0: I would maybe give my left testicle for Jamie Vardy in, on Minnesota United for two or three years.
2: Oh, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't cheer for him. No, Um,
1: I I, I can't deal with that shit. I'd rather have Ibrahimovic.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a given. I'd much rather have Ibrahimovic. All right, so so who sucks? Leicester doesn't have a lot of bad players. Um, They also just don't have enough good players. So in the preamble, David talked about how condensed this fixture list is, particularly for teams in Europe, which Leicester is or is for the time being. Leicester only had 13 players last season play more than 1,000 minutes. So they have a really good starting 11 and then not even a full complement of subs that they trust to consistently give match time. Uh, And that was before Ben Chilwell left and they haven't really replaced him. So um, this is obviously team... This transfer window is challenging for them. This is the first window they've had open since the death of their owner uh, in the helicopter accident during last season. So there's almost certainly some... Not miscommunication necessarily, but but a feeling out process of, okay, how are we spending money? What money do we have to spend, etc. And they have been very, very quiet so far this window. So I think for Leicester to repeat what we saw them do last year, and honestly what we saw them do when they won the title, which is beat every team they're supposed to beat and then play pretty hard against the other top six teams. I think in order for them to do that again, they need at least one or two more pieces, but those pieces haven't come in yet. So right now I have them pegged for the Europa League places. Uh, I don't think they will be challenging for fourth or fifth. I think they will be down sixth and hoping to get the FA cup spot. Um, And the, the one big question I have for this team is who replaces Ben Chilwell? Uh, They were pretty reliant on their fullbacks last year in attack, and you can't just slot a random piece in there. So they got a huge amount of money from chelsea to bring him in and now they need to figure out who's going to fill that role.
0: Yeah. I can't believe that that helicopter accident was only last year. This fucking year man. It's been
2: It is. I think today is March 190th.
0: Something like that, yeah. Oh, <laughs> All right. Uh moving along, Liverpool is the next. Uh that's me obviously. Um Boo! <laughs> 32-3-3 three and three last year, 99 points. Uh, champions for the first time in uh, 30 years. Uh, Well-deserved. They ran away with it, uh, much like Leeds did. Uh, I believe winning the title by 18 points. Um, they're the earliest ever – both the earliest and latest to ever win the the EPL title. <laughs> uh, as a fun fact. Uh, and the first team ever to hold the EPL, Club World Cup, and the UEFA Champions League trophies all at the same time. Uh, one other fun fact, they had more than double the points of the 12th place team. Um that's a, that's, a dig, that's a dig at MJ, uh, specifically. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Liverpool, you know, they've had a quiet window. Um, they were, you know, they were, before the pandemic happened, they were sort of the odds-on favorite for Timo Werner. He's, you know, he just expressed a desire to play for Jurgen Klopp. That obviously did not come to pass. Chelsea swooped in at the last minute. Um, they also haven't lost a ton either. Obviously, Dejan Leveren, uh went to Zenit, St. Petersburg. Uh, Adam Alana left on a, tra- a free transfer to Brighton. Um, they're going to be loaning out some of the young kids, um, but they, have, uh, they did bring in a left back, uh, Costas Simikas uh, from Olympiakos, um, sort of to deputize for Andy Robertson. Uh, and it's actually a sneakily good signing for, for a team that's not doesn't want to spend a ton of money. They can't really afford to spend a ton of money with the budget that the owners, the Fenway Sports Group has given them. And so, you know, they definitely needed someone, uh, some left back cover. They could definitely could use another, probably another midfielder, um, especially what, depending on what happens with Ginny Wijnaldum. Uh, they are uh, uh, sort of Tiago um, uh, Alcantara has been rumored uh, as a possible uh, acquisition. Although, you know, I think he wants to leave, Bayern wants is, is ready to sell him, but they also have a certain uh, expectation in terms of what they want to get for him. And the big thing, I mean, the big question is: is what is can Liverpool repeat? Right? They had a an extraordinarily good season, combined with, um, you know, it was just it was a weird season generally. Man City certainly did not play as well as their sort of their ex ex goals expected. I mean, they, they expected it to be a hell of a lot closer than it was. Um, Liverpool just, you know, went on a crazy run to start the year. Um, didn't lose until uh, January, I believe. Right? So they were, you know, they were they came out of the gate flying. Um, you know, once they sort of sealed the the title, they, you know, they took their foot off the gas. The big question I have for Liverpool is, is what of Ryan Brewster or Ryan Brewster? Um, uh, he played on loan at Swansea in the championship last year, almost got Swansea promoted, got him into the playoffs, played, was ridiculously good. He's been really good in the, in the the preseason friendlies. And the question is, is does he go on loan? Um, does he go on loan to a team, um, like a, like a Brighton, like a Crystal Palace, there's there's been definitely some EPL, um, sort of mid-table EPL teams that are interested in taking him on. Does he go back on loan to the, to the championship team? Um, there's obviously a lot of interest there. Or does he um, step in as the backup to uh, Salah, Mane, and Firmino? Those guys have been insanely healthy <laughs> over the course of the last three years. Uh, whether that is, you know, that's maybe a testament to um, the, uh, whatever, some steroids that they're taking or, uh, you know, East German uh, blood cells that are being uh, (laughs) revitalized or it's just, you know, they're, they've just been extremely lucky. So you expect, and and most Liverpool fans are, you know, just sort of, we are uh, um, fatalists by our very nature. Um, Maybe not anymore after this, after last year, but you just expect one of them to go down. Right. And then who's going to step up right now? It's Divac Rigi as the backup. Divac Origi is great. He's really good at scoring goals uh, off his shoulder against Everton um is not the guy i want uh manning a very my very
2: specific skill set
0: man yeah that 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 or against barcelona um <laughs> uh, of uh crazy fast set piece or uh, corner kicks um is not that play uh day after day match after match um ryan brewster is a guy that you can definitely see in that role so the question i you know the big question is and then there's other youth players that you know um jurgen klopp Again, they had, a, they had a congested fixture list last year, um, play, basically playing two games and within the span of about 24 hours. So a lot of the young kids got blooded last year. Um, they also brought in uh, in the January transfer, um, Minamino, who has actually looked really good in the preseason so far, scored a goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup, or the, sorry, the Community Shield. Um, and Nabi Keda, who has been you know in the squad for a couple years, but really hasn't um, had a breakout season yet. Um, so I think that is what Liverpool is expecting from some some turning points from players like Minamino and Keda, uh, young blood like Ryan Brewster, um, Harvey Elliott, and uh, Nico Williams stepping up and uh, playing in more consistent minutes, both in the league but also in the uh, in the cup competitions as well. So um, you know, best case scenario, obviously is Liverpool winning it again um, and running away with it. You know, worst case scenario, they're you know they're they're fighting with Man City and. and Chelsea and Man U, and it's going to be a close battle and they could finish anywhere from first to fourth and it wouldn't surprise me at all one bit, um, especially considering how much better um, Chelsea and Man U have gotten, um, and Arsenal for that matter too, and um, you know, Liverpool hasn't done a ton to bring in too much attacking talent um, or too much defensive depth other than uh, Samikas, so yeah, that's kind of what I have for, for Liverpool. Um, Man City, they're, they're probably their, their main rival. Um, as of recently, and MJ.
1: MJ has Man City. So it's hard to pick just a few players that are good. Uh, they have a lot of good players. Let's start with probably the best attacking midfielder in the league, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, strong winger in uh, Raheem Sterling that you know David Zeller is very well familiar with. Uh, Brazilian forward Gabriel uh, uh, Jesus. And uh, MJ, let, me, uh, let me stop you there for a second. So my
0: wife's a Man City fan. We've talked if we ever have a, if we have another kid on uh, naming it, James Raheem <laughs> or James Milner, and Raheem Sterling, two players to play for both Man City and Liverpool. So yeah, maybe it's a boy. It might, we might have a, uh, if we have another KLB we may name James Raheem
1: possibly. So. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm, I'm going to say though, you know, as, as a Loons fan, instead of the second middle name being Sterling, it should be Edwards. That's my vote. Okay. I, I know I won't change that, but you know. Uh, James Raheem Edwards has a nice, nice name to it. So, um, but yeah, so Raheem Sterling, uh, Gabriel uh, Jesus has uh, filled in for a very injured uh, Sergio Aguero, uh, a really, really good deep-lying uh, playmaker in the holding midfield named okay, uh, uh, They have this right back named Kyle, air quotes, not a runner, closing air quotes, Walker. And, you know, they do their thing. They play a very Pep Guardiola style uh, offense with a very um, weak, or shall we say, oh my God, the other team has the ball. What do we do? Um, Sort of defense. Big transfers in. a winger by the name of uh, Ferran Torres from Valencia. He's only 20 years old. It cost them 20 million pounds plus for the transfer fee. On the defensive side, they brought in uh, Nathan Ake, um, a center back who could also play left back. So again, stealing from Minnesota United's Debasi strategy. Um, And uh, looking at uh, at Burnmouth and taking uh, Nathan Ake from from Bournemouth for 40 million uh, pounds. Um, big losses. Uh, l- some guy named Leroy Sané goes to Bayern Munich. Um, their backup goalkeeper, Claudio Bravo, goes to Real Batis. Uh, and their captain, David Silva, goes home to Spain to play for Real Sociedad. Uh, Big questions will be: Will Sergio Aguero be healthy at all? Um, do they need him? Um, and then, with losing Claudio Bravo as their backup goalkeeper, and I expect them to be in multiple competitions this year. Currently on their roster, that leaves 35-year-old Loney from Derby County, Scott Carson, or <laughs> 22-year-old academy graduate, recent recent Man City get academy graduate 22 year old daniel grimshaw you're you're forgetting you're forgetting zach stefan american international oh he's probably number two right yeah he's number he'll be the number two yeah okay i don't know why he didn't he wasn't on my radar but it's because i'm a horrible guy. he was was out on loan he was out on loan last year and and uh, he'll he'll come back yeah yeah, he's
0: back now he'll be the number two he'll get i think he'll get you know i could easily see him getting like you know 12 to 15 games this year, which is probably not enough. I mean, you'd probably, you'd prefer him to get maybe, you know, 30, 35 games. Yeah. But I think he'll, I think he'll be the, he'll be the number two. So. Do
1: you, do you think he's the U.S. number one right now?
0: Probably. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably. Yes. Probably should, not Sean Johnson anymore. You know? Yeah. Should he be? I, I don't know. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think he's probably number one on the depth chart right now. No.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that, that's uh, Manchester City. They, they should win some hardware this year. I mean, whether that's uh, the the League Cup again, the FA Cup again, the the domestic treble again, um, but they have their sights on things bigger. They, they would like to win win a Champions League. I just don't know if you know, Ferran Torres um, and uh, and Nathan Ake, is it, that's is that going to replace Sane and David Silva? Is that enough? Don't think so. so yeah. Maybe Pep has some other things up this season. Well, I will say this: um, you know, for a while following Manchester City transfer rumors, it it got what's the word? Very messy. <laughs> yep, very messy.
0: Good one. Uh, All right, anything else on, on Man City? No. Okay. Man United. Uh, Dan.
2: So, Man United had a, a very interesting season last season, a little bit like uh, Arsenal. They did not start the season well at all. People were starting to call for Ole Gunnar Solshar's job. Head. Head. Um, <clears throat> Man, Man United fans are not really known for their uh, judicious behavior. Uh, but they really came back strong, Uh, particularly after signing Bruno Fernandes during the transfer window. They finished on 66 points in third place. Uh, Extremely credible results given the way that they started the year. Uh, So they'll be in the Champions League this year. They missed out on going to the FA Cup final, uh, losing to Chelsea in a game that Chelsea honestly dominated. I suspect we'll see uh, some very heavyweight matchups between the two this year. Uh, They were also uh, semifinalists in the Europa League and, Got done by Europa League specialist Sevilla. Um, so that's uh, better teams than than Man U have lost to Sevilla in the Europa League. So there's no shame in that. But they did uh, they did have higher hopes than they achieved.
0: Liverpool uh, a couple of years ago,
2: <laughs> right? I, Sevilla Sevilla in the Europa League. Like Sevilla's not that good, but you put them in the Europa League and it's like uh, it's like fighting a fighting a prize fighter in Vegas. Like they just sort of get up for it. It's you, it's just a little more special for him. Uh, this team is is so deep in attack; it's honestly an issue. They've got Bruno Fernandes, they've got Paul Pogba, who I believe is healthy again, Anthony Martial, Mason Greenwood, uh, Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard is he still is he still a thing? Uh, Marcus Rashford. So uh, they could <laughs> they could honestly build almost an entire team out of the attack. Um, and there are times this season when they wait. Mel whoa, well may have to do that because the players that they have that suck are current felon harry Maguire, uh the world's most expensive defender who uh is currently appealing a conviction in greece for trying to bribe a, a police officer which is not great um not the choice that you would prefer your most expensive player to make uh david De Gea came he was highly praised coming out of spain and just hasn't hasn't really lived up to that promise. Uh, He has certainly had games, most notably against Arsenal, where he has stood on his head and flat out got United three points that they didn't otherwise deserve. But for most of his career, he's been an okay, kind of a good, not great keeper. Um, United had made some noises about looking to replace him this year. That didn't happen. He'll still be their number one going into the year. Uh, Last year's other big money transfer was Aaron Wan-Bissaka from... Crystal Palace he wasn't bad Uh, I think I think some of the knock on him is that people were expecting him to be uh, a two-way defender I love Virgil van Dyke, and and that's never been his game style so I think that was probably um, a little bit of a false hope he was solid in defense but a little bit unremarkable they didn't really lose anything this year Uh, Alexis Sanchez being uh, the one big name headed out but of course he had already been on list I'm sorry, on loan with Inter Milan. And this just kind of uh, solidified that. They did bring in Donny Van de Beek from Ajax on a 39 million pound transfer. Uh, he'll help solidify the defensive end of the midfield, which is is a spot that they were sorely lacking last year. So assuming uh, Vandebeek can blood in quickly, that should be a big improvement for them. My questions for this team all involve uh, the attack. Namely, how do you keep these guys sharp? Um, you know, you can only start probably four of them, Fernandez and Pogba in the midfield and then two strikers. Uh, so how do you, how do you keep the minutes evenly distributed? They have a bunch of competitions, so that'll be good. Uh, but it's going to be a real challenge for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, especially because these players are young. Uh, they know that they have their entire careers ahead of them. Uh, and, and I foresee this being true with Chelsea as well. This season may very well play out in the papers. You know, we may start to see six weeks into the season that Marcus Rashford is no longer happy at Man U. And now there's blood in the water and PSG is looking for a striker or Uh, there's rumored interest from Italy or Turkey or other clubs in, in the EPL. And all of a sudden this season that's off to a fine start is completely overwhelmed in transfer rumors. And like I said, I think Chelsea's going to have the same problem. If Tammy Abraham isn't seeing the pitch, well, you know, the young English starlet needs minutes is, you know, if Christian Pulisic isn't playing quite as well, but he's still starting over Havertz, you know, is there a conflict? And all of a sudden a team that's very well constructed gets torn apart from the inside. So these aren't inconsequential, uh, inconsequential issues but they're kind of the definition of a good problem to have because i would much rather have six good strikers than none or one Uh, (laughs) yeah my uh my expectations for this team this year uh, i think they're a legitimate title challenger i think like chelsea they're gonna have to bludgeon some teams they're gonna have to win some five fours but they're capable of doing that uh and i think i think the their floor is the ucl places One big X factor is the Manchester United effect. This team won uh, more penalties than any team in the league last year. uh, And they needed them to pull out some close games. So if those penalties don't come through this year, how will they cope? Will they be able to find those last few goals?
0: And I believe they they led the league in in penalties the year before, too, right? It's like it's been... (laughs) They
2: did. And Arsenal, I, I
0: think they had more
2: penalties last year, which I believe was eight, Uh, than Arsenal has had the past either two or three seasons combined. Yeah. So, like, there's clearly a reputation thing going on here.
0: Everybody's like, oh, Liverpool gets all the penalties. No, fucking Manu gets all the penalties.
2: So, I I still remember the year. Like, I want to say it was like
1: 2000.
2: It totally is. There was a year, like, three or four years ago at this point. It's it's been a a minute, but not super long, where – Manchester United got so many own goals from other teams that they would have been the team's like second or third leading scorer. Like this team yeah. is, is by reputation and by contract with the Faye, just incredibly lucky. Um, but as, as we talked about a few hours ago, sometimes that luck runs out and, and what do you do when that happens?
0: That's true. I also I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out we you just talked about man we talked about Man City, Man U, um, notorious Iceland sex ha- sex havers Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood, <laughs> Man City and Man U um, broke quarantine the other day and apparently signed up sex with some uh, ladies in Iceland. I mean, allegedly have sex with some ladies from Iceland, but I don't know. Uh, no, this is uh, this is one hundred
2: percent true. The FA has come out and said that they are pursuing or they are investigating charges against the two. So who knows if that'll be fines or perhaps a game or two suspension. Uh, But honestly, you know what? Good on uh, Gareth Southgate for kicking him out of camp immediately. Good on the FA for pursuing charges. Like this shit only works if the the bubble style tournament only works if people take it seriously. So the second somebody doesn't take it seriously, they can't be in the bubble anymore. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Sorry. Good. What's that? You're out. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been to Iceland. I've seen some of the women in Iceland. And I, I trust me. I don't. I don't blame Phil Foden and, and Mason Greenwood. Um, you know, for trying you're to in getting getting, pants, into their carnal <laughs> urges. Um, all right, Dan, you're up again. Newcastle United.
2: What? What? Newcastle United, one of the more interesting clubs of last year. Uh, a little bit. I MJ, I swear this isn't a shot at you. Uh, but a little bit like Everton and definitely like West Ham. You no. look at the the way that the team is constructed and it feels like they should be better than they are. Um, whether that comes to, comes down to coaching or the, or front office stuff. This is just a team that uh, ever since their, their glory days has underperformed a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, they're certainly, as I just mentioned, not the only team uh, they finished 11, 11 and 16 last year, another perfect 500 record uh, on 44 points in 13th place. They could have been a lot worse than that. Uh They struggled with some injuries. John Cho Shelby was in and out uh, throughout the year, and he's one of their more catalytic players. Uh, Alain St-Maxime took quite a while to get adjusted to the league. Once he did, he looked really good. Um, So a lot of the questions around this team are, are, you know, who are you? Are you the team that uh, played at the end of last season, looked really good, uh, or are you the, the team that played the first part of last season when they looked completely crap? Uh, the big news from Newcastle this offseason was not getting sold. Uh, Mike Ashley, being one of the worst owners in professional sports, looked like he was going to sell it to incredibly someone even worse. Uh, uh, <laughs> the the, uh, rise up. Yeah, the fans the fans rose up, as did Jamal Khashoggi's widow. Um which is just a remarkable thing to have to say. Uh, and the uh, the transfer to the Saudis was eventually sundered, although not for any moral reason, but because there is a major uh, piracy, not literal, but digital piracy syndicate that operates out of Saudi Arabia. And the EPL decided that they didn't want to reward that kind of behavior. So business, business concerns, once again, won out overall. Uh, Interesting move, interesting moves, I should say, by Newcastle. Uh, they they haven't brought in a ton of new players, but they did go ahead and pillage, uh, pillage Bournemouth, getting both Ryan Fraser and Callum Williams. Callum, oh, not Callum Williams. That would not be that would not be helpful to their attack. Uh, Callum Wilson, who will be very helpful to their attack. Uh, and we'll see we'll see how those guys fit in. Uh, one of the big questions I think facing this team is how are you fitting Miguel Almarone into this? Um, he, is not the, he is not the scoring attacker he was with Atlanta United. He does seem to set up his teammates pretty well. He has a ton of energy. He's super talented. But it, there always feels like once he's got the ball, the shape of the attack changes a little bit. And in the beginning of the season, that was a huge liability. His teammates weren't tracking his runs particularly well they weren't getting in interesting spots for him he was very often isolated the second half of the season it it appeared that there was more understanding between particularly st maxime and almarone um, which is good and critical uh, leading to the eventual almarone hat trick he was on my bench in fantasy i'm never going to regret i'm never going to uh, live that one down i had multiple bench hat tricks last year and none in my starting lineup uh, which i don't love <laughs> not you better dance. I believe me, I'm working on it. Last year was the first time I lost my home league. And uh, I just, I just, it, it, it eats at me. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I spent way too high a draft pick on Nicola Pepe, who will you will notice was not mentioned in the arsenal uh, section, <laughs> despite being the team's largest transfer less than a year ago. Um, so one uh, of my other big questions for this uh, Deandre Yedlin, uh, has been a Newcastle fixture for quite a while. Last season was really the first season where he did not look up to the caliber of the league. He was pretty consistently getting beat off the dribble defensively uh, and was not quite as much of an offensive asset. So uh, my big question for this team is, can they get the attack to work together? Can, are you going to play a four, four, two with St. Maxime and Callum Wilson starting up top? If so, can you keep both of those guys fed with service? Um, For DeAndre Yedlin, can you sort of balance out your defensive uh, responsibilities with getting forward and actually getting back into that attack again? So I look at this team to be mid-table, but uh, not so much consistently mediocre as really uh, a month where they don't lose, and then two months where you're feeling good about getting three draws in two months. So. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of talent here, but they haven't been able they have not shown the ability to unlock that talent yet. So we'll see if this is the year. All
1: right. Uh, Sheffield United. MJ. Sheffield United. The blades. Uh, the one thing that I'm excited about with with Sheffield United this year is ever since they've been promoted, the the steel city derby the the sheffield derby has, has you know doesn't happen as often because that's with sheffield wednesday and they don't they're not in the same league with the promotion of leeds united they have the west yorkshire derby back so th- that will be a regional like two teams that i think could really shatter expectations in the premier league this year and both be top 10 uh and so I think that dar- that Derby takes takes some extra significance this year. On the uh, player side, uh, really they they have a, a striker by the name of Billy Sharp. Get him the ball; he scores goals. Um, he wears the captain's armband. Uh, they pl- Chris Wilder likes to play a three-five-two, where the The wing backs almost do the opposite of what the wing backs do in a 3-5-2, where they cycle behind the three center backs, and the three center backs push more up in the attack. Um, That means those three center backs are very important. Last year, those were uh, Jack O'Connell, John Nagon, and uh, Chris Bosham. And so they retain those three. That's pretty important. They also retain their primary uh, two wing backs. In Enda Stevens and uh, George Baldock, pretty key for uh, Wilder's system. On the transfers in, uh, they bring in uh, they improve their goalkeeping with Aaron Ramsdale from Burnmouth, and they also pick up uh, goalkeeper Wes Fodringham or Fodringham from from Rangers. So, two two goalkeepers on the improvement there. They also pick up a 19-year-old center back from Poland uh, and uh, Brighton and Hove uh, named Kasper Wopata. So uh, will he be able to get trained into Wilder's uh, 3-5-2? We'll see. Uh, the, the big question for me is, can they build on last season's success? They surprised a lot of people last year. Uh, finishing ninth um can they make europe could they finish eighth this year
0: yeah good um all right uh moving along southampton i have southampton uh they finished uh 15 7 and 16 for 52 points uh 11th place um as damage and earlier they got the shit kicked out of them (laughs) by Leicester City, nine to nothing, um, which seemed to be, you know, as Dan mentioned, a turnaround point for them. Uh, The team after that match went on a tear. Um, They, um, sorry, I'm just pulling up my my notes here. They they won, they beat uh, Spurs and I wanna say Everton uh, on Boxing Day and New Year's Day respectively. Um, they beat Man City at the end of the year. Um, Southampton and, and basically, you know, the, the question was: Is Ralph Hassenhudo was his job on the line? Especially after that 9-0 thrashing, um, the Southampton board uh, stuck with him, and he rewarded them with uh, turning the team from uh, being really in a, a, a relegation scrap. I think I believe they lost like eight of their first twelve matches. They were really they were in that relegation battle too, safely uh, and comfortably um, in eleventh uh, uh, place uh, last year. So now the question is: Is 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 Hasithul, Is he the uh, the next big thing? Um, is he? Uh, Will he go to a top six club if a you know something comes up a job for you know? Big things that they did: they brought in uh, well they signed uh, from his loan onto a, a longer term deal. Kyle Walker Peters of South of uh, Tottenham. They also brought in uh, Mohamed Salisu um, from Real Valladolid. Valladolid um at about a 11 million pound deal uh is was a center back um kyle walker peters is a right back um definitely played a lot walker peters was kind of in and out of the lineup last year with southampton um definitely was playing more towards the end of the year they did lose uh their captain um and central midfielder pierre emil oiberg uh who went to spurs um they sort of swapped places him and kyle walker peters so it's a it's an interesting team i think it's a team that a lot of uh, sort of a the dark horse team for a lot of a lot of uh People, they're you know they're expecting uh, Danny Ings. I forgot even to mention Danny Ings, former Liverpool player, and um, went from you know zero uh, at Liverpool basically to almost winning the Golden Boot. Um, was right in it till the very the very last week of the year. The question is: Is can uh, can Dink, can Ings um, do that again? Can he sort of? He's younger than Jamie Vardy, but can he turn into sort of that Jamie Vardy-esque? Um, you know, all of a sudden he's going to be a twenty, you know, a fifteen to twenty goal scorer every year. Um, I definitely think he has the opportunity and the talent to do that. He has some good uh, uh, talent with him, even though you know again losing Hoiberg is, is big, um, and they really need to bring in someone else to uh, to help replace him. Um, but you know again he was sort of in and out of the lineup towards the end of the year, and they you know Southampton still played really well without him. So best you know the sort of my big question I have for Southampton is you know can is was is Hasenhudl, is he the is he the guy is can he turn this team can he be the sean deitch um of, uh, of of southampton um you know if he performs well um is he how much longer is he for southampton does he have aspirations he's not very old he's about the same age as jurgen klopp so definitely could make, make a move to a, a bigger higher profile club and then you know is which southampton you know as we talked about we talked with minnesota united which minnesota united is it Which southampton is it is it southampton the team that lost eight of their first 12, got beat by Leicester City nine to nothing, or is it the second team, the team that went uh, that went on a run, uh, pulled themselves out of relegation and pulled themselves out of relegation uh, fairly quickly and relatively easily. So, you know, their you know high upside is they're knocking up the door of the top six, um, you know, potentially challenging for the Europa League spot. Um, their sort of low end is, you know, again, in a relegation battle. So, we need to see what happens with, uh, with Southampton. And then uh, the next team is me again, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. They finished 16, 11, and 11, uh, 59 points uh, in sixth place. They, uh, again, qualified for Europa League. Uh, the uh, the qualification for Europa League, let's put it that way. Um, not Europa League, <laughs> Euro, Europa League proper. So, yeah, they're playing. Uh, sucks it's, to suck. Yeah, it's, they're playing the team uh, with, uh, yeah, I guess, like 10, 10 continents in a row in its name uh, from Eastern Europe. So that should be fun for them. Um, as I mentioned, they brought in uh, 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 Emil Holberg. Um, they brought in Matt Doherty from Wolves, uh, which is a, a blow for them. And um, I'm missing. missing? I'm missing. missing one more. Um. Oh, yeah, Joe Hart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. Attraction by addition. There you go. There you go. Um. They did uh lose jan Vertangen, um victor wanyama who came over to mos um on a free transfer to the montreal impacts to play for his good friend terry henry you know spurs are a team that is uh they should be challenging um for champions league spots i just don't see how this team um challenges for champions league next year jose marino uh managed to sort of right the ship um, mm-hmm. Theoretically, but when you look at the underlying numbers between what him and Poch were doing, they're very, very similar. Um, Pochettino, you know, they were getting very same, like, XG and things like that. Um, you know, Harry Kane just started finding his finishing boots. Young Ming um you know, found his finishing boots once Marino got into the to the fold. I can't imagine, you know, Marino has, you know, you will have a full preseason, a um, summer transfer window. You know, he obviously has, I think, you could imagine Spurs wanting to make a few more moves. I'm not sure how the, the, the meeting of the minds of Daniel Levy and Jose Mourinho will, will work itself out. Um, you know, one likes to spend, one doesn't. And, you know, I could can, I can see, um, see Mourinho turning this team around, um, challenging for, you know, top three or top four. But also I could see them crashing and burning. I think Spurs bought into their hype a little too much when they made the Champions League final. Uh, where they lost to Liverpool. I think they they had played pretty poorly towards the end of the year in the league. They got supremely lucky that Man City had a goal chalked off. Um, You know, they they got pretty lucky against Ajax, um, honestly, and, uh, you know, didn't really give Liverpool much of a game in the Champions League final, but I think they thought they were a lot better than they actually were. My big question is, how much longer is Harry Kane willing to sort of stay at Spurs not really challenged for anything right like he's not they're not winning any trophies um next year at best they're uh, you know they could maybe finish fourth right so that's maybe a champions league spot um they got a battle through the europa group group stages maybe they put their eggs in the europa basket and hopefully they don't have to play sevilla on the way to a final to <laughs> uh, qualify for champions league that way next year but i just i see spurs as a um a good not great team they were they're gonna lose to some teams that they shouldn't lose to like for example a fulham uh or uh west brom we'll talk about west Brom here in a second they're gonna drop points they're gonna drop games to teams that they definitely should not lose to and they'll they'll, they'll occasionally will knock off a man city um or something but they're it's they're not consistent and i just i think they their high bar is maybe getting a fourth place and their low bar is you know they they're eleventh, they're tenth or eleventh, um, you know. Maybe actually, that's maybe too low, too low. They're probably eighth, seventh or eighth is probably their low bar. They're they're just they're a, they're a team. They're a, a you know a bottom you know good team in uh, in uh, in the EPL this year. So,
2: so uh, I do have a burning question for you then, yes. which is if they're starting, let's say we get to uh, end of December, beginning of January, and they're sitting eighth or ninth. Do you think Jose stays with the club? Or do you think they fire him and try to find someone cheaper?
0: That is a really good question. I think – I think it's – I think with Jose – I mean, it's obviously a little different with EPL teams. But I I think back – when I think about Spurs, I think a lot about Minnesota United and how, like, tight they are with their money. And just like Adrian Heath is – I don't think – Minnesota UA will not fire Adrian Heath until he's in the last year of his contract because Bill McGuire doesn't like to spend, like, doesn't want to waste money, right? Sure. When, he, when he fired Carl Craig, he actually tried to make Carl Craig, like, do, like, custodial work. I mean, I'm kind of joking, but he <laughs> <laughs> wanted him to do, like, shit that was way below his pay grade, right? I, I feel the same way about uh, Spurs and Daniel Levy. They just haven't shown that they're willing to – I mean, obviously, they, they did it with Potch but Paco only had, I think a year maybe maybe 2 years left on his contract right i think marino has got like a 3 or 4 three more three or four more years left on his contract so i think it would only be um by mutual agreement and basically marino says yeah okay you don't you do not have to pay me as much money i think um you might have a this one this one actually might end up being a Gareth Bale type situation where marino's just going to keep coaching because fuck it why not right um and I just I could I actually I'd rather I'd see them if they're sitting in eighth or ninth, in you know when the January transfer window opens, doing something more rash, like selling Deli Ali or Harry Kane versus getting rid of Jose Mourinho. How's that sound? <laughs> I like it. It's a bold prediction. They do something more like that where they we know they can make some money, versus getting rid of, of Jose Mourinho and, and having to eat you know however many millions of dollars that would be. So I think that is more likely scenario. All right, uh, we're almost done. We got. Three more teams left. Uh, I'm done talking for for right now. Um, West Brom, uh, West Bromwich Albion, MJ. Um, we can
1: probably go pretty quick on this one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the baggies, uh, they have a the only Premier League team with a Eastern European manager, uh, Croatians uh, Slaven Bilic. Uh, their big accomplishment is staying up, and you know, can they kind of prevent the yo-yo? syndrome of always going up and down uh can they stay up is the biggest question uh the most exciting part about this team is their two central midfielders uh Jake Livermore who's the captain and shout out Conca represent Romain Sawyer's uh who is well he came from Brentford last season but uh he represents St Kitts and Nevis Conca Cathy so Uh, That's to me what's exciting. Uh, If you're a diehard West Brom fan, the the left back situation is kind of interesting. Connor Townsend got most of the starts. Young Irishman Dara O'Shea uh, is next in line and he got uh, the second most starts. And Dan, do you know who's third on the depth chart for left back for West Brom? No. Kieran Gibbs.
2: Is he really? Oh, yeah. Gibbsy. That's been a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, they have worked very, very hard to preserve their, their attack from last season. Uh, there, there is, of course, a huge exodus, as there is with any club like West Brom, but uh, they return uh, left winger, Scotsman Matt Phillips, and the Brazilian central attacking midfielder uh, who was on loan from sporting, uh, in Portugal last year. And they made that, they, they bought him. So, so they did a full transfer of, uh, Mateus Perea. Uh, so they keep him, they lose their other winger, um, Grady, uh, D'Andia, uh, returning, he's returning to West Ham. They lose, uh, Callum Robinson uh pretty important defensive piece who goes back to Sheffield United. Uh, the 19-year-old center back, Nathan Ferguson, already talked about him. He's now at Crystal Palace. And uh, long-time uh, midfielder Chris Brunt is out. Um, so they're losing a lot of pieces. Um, they keep their – on keeping their attack, they, they keep their two top strikers, the the Welshman, uh, Robson Canoe and uh, Charlie Austin. We'll see which one of them gets more playing time this year. But really the big question is, can they stay up?
2: They, uh, they got Grady back from West Ham. They did? They did. It happened uh, about a day ago. Oh. And uh, And West Ham's players, Grady must be both very talented and very popular because their players lost their shit about it. Uh, which we will touch on in just one second, as long as you're done with West Brom.
1: Yeah, I'm done with West Brom.
2: All right. We're, we're going, going to the other West team. To, we're going to the other West, not West Bromwich, but West London. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they they recently transferred a promising young player, uh, and their captain took to Twitter to announce just how pissed off he and all of the, uh, all of the other West Ham players were, uh, Mark Noble – said uh me put up the exact phrasing here as captain of this football club i'm gutted angry and sad that grady has left he's a great kid with a great future uh that's not good am
1: i saying the name right d uh
2: it's just diong that i have
1: oh diong oh
2: yeah grady diong d-i-a-n-g is what i've got here written here uh yeah, he's – um. look, when your captain takes a Twitter to take your team to task, that's bad. That is not indicative of a team that is in good shape. So last year, West Ham went 10-9 and 19, finished on 39 points uh, just by the skin of their teeth stayed up. Uh, so that was their notable accomplishment. They did not get relegated, despite the fact that for large stretches of the season, it looked like it was go- looked like they were going to. And the very strange thing about this club is that they are consistently well-stocked with talent. Uh, Michael Antonio is a legit Premier League striker. I'm really high on him. Manuel Lenzini is starting to age a little bit. He's had injury issues as has Antonio. These are both really talented players. Beginning of last season, they had Chicharito. Uh, Andre Yarmolenko is a solid striker. They're a little more fragile in defense, but we've said that about a number of teams. This is a mid-table club. They should be beating the bottom feeders they should be giving Chelsea a good game every now and then like this is a team that on talent should be far far better than it is uh last season they sacked their manager halfway through the year and brought back David Moyes who had already done one step with a club and that definitely seemed to right the ship a little bit but uh Moisey, Moisey has had quite a stroll through the Premier League. Stints at Everton, two at West Ham, Manchester United. There was a Spanish run for uh, a, <laughs> few, a few games between there. Um, so he's just sort of the epitome of this club. Like, he, they have so many names that you would recognize. Jack Wilshire is on this team, uh, for example. They, The one thing I can say as a sign of, like, perhaps a little bit of rotting out is uh, – Arsenal have a tendency to hold on to, to club favorite players for like a year or two too long when they're not really quite at that caliber anymore. Uh, and West Ham has a bunch of Arsenal castoffs, which means they are fully three years removed from being any good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that should be so much better than they are. And so it really speaks to some dysfunction, whether it's in the coaching ranks or in the front office, uh, that they just sort of can't get their pieces together. Uh I suspect their internal expectations for the year uh, are low top 10, 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, they, they see themselves as being capable of producing that kind of result, and they certainly have the talent. I think everyone else looks at West Ham and fully expects them to fall down the EPL staircase once again, but still manage to stay up because this is what they do. Um this is a club that's headed for some financial trouble given that they are in the Olympic stadium, but that's not really getting rented out for events or anything anymore. Um, So my one big question with West Ham, and it's, it's not unique. It is literally the one big question everyone has when it comes to this team is how are they so bad? Why are, uh, to borrow the line from the office, why do you choose to be the way you are? (laughs) Like, you're, this, is, this truly is the Toby of, uh, of EPL teams. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do. Um, a name to watch beyond the ones I've, I've thrown out already is Declan Rice. Declan Rice is a good young English prospect, um, which makes him very appealing because he's ho- homegrown to a bunch of teams. So if we're in the, the January transfer window, and this is a team that is once again headed – looks like they're going to go down, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see the ownership – use this season as the one where they do start selling off their bigger pieces and saying okay we just need to go down and retool
0: yeah all right and finally uh wolverhampton wanderers mj you got the last you got the last word here oh boy uh the
1: they finished seventh last year and while for those that kind of follow the Wolves or follow the Premier League closely, this doesn't surprise anyone because of who they have amassed both from a coaching staff and a player standpoint. It surprised me because I don't follow it that closely. And it's, it wasn't like way out of left field, but it, it's a pleasant surprise to see some new people in the top 10, um, new teams in the top 10. And uh, the uh, what new right? Nunu uh, Santu, you know, amazing coach. Uh, what's not to like about him? Fun to watch him on the sidelines. He really gets into it. Um, smart guy. Uh, bringing in, his, you know, the the, the Portuguese players that he does. Um, they finished seventh last year. Uh, one of their major accomplishments is they beat Man City 2-0 in Manchester and 3-2 in Wolverhampton uh and when you do something like that you're gonna get people to notice they didn't do as well against other top clubs and so if they want to break into europe if they want to break into uh the top six they're going to have to do what they did to man city to teams maybe not liverpool but you know not draw against manchester united you know um, not lose to, you know, Tottenham or Arsenal and things like that. We'll, we'll see how they do. Uh, I'm at a loss for uh, their, their big transfers in. Um, they brought in two more uh, Portuguese players, uh, Tote Gomez from, um, from uh, Estro uh, Praia. And probably more importantly, uh, center forward uh, Fabio Silva from Porto. Um, and they also got a left back, uh, Marcel from Lyon, a Brazilian left back from, from Lyon. So I would like to see them do like improve from last year. Uh, at the same time, I also would really like to see Everton finish above them. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but but uh they're they're a fun team to watch for sure for sure all right well guys i think we did that under 2 hours so
0: good, good job now's the fun part of the podcast so as i mentioned at the top uh we're gonna have a we're going to have a draft of uh these teams we're going to each going to pick uh six teams so two teams are going to get left unpicked <clears throat> and we are uh we are each going to pick um have to pick a promoted side so we can pick them wherever it's just going to be like a straight draft well, we did a um randomizer before the podcast started and dan won the first pick uh, mj's picking second and i'm picking third um it will be a snake draft so uh, i'll have the third and fourth picks and we're just going to go through the league uh pick 18 teams um again each of us has to pick a uh newly promoted side you can pick it wherever you can pick it first if you really want Leeds united you could wait till the very end and get stuck with west brom um totally up to you so uh dan are you ready to go uh let's do it all right who you got
2: give me manchester city
0: Man City, of course. They are the odds-on favorite. Um, actually, I'll actually read the odds here from uh, that I got. Uh, man City's a favorite. They're at minus 125. So, uh, MJ, who are you taking? I'm taking Chelsea. Chelsea? Holy shit, man. Yep. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> he left. All right. Also, obviously, I'll take Liverpool with uh, my first pick. I can't <laughs>
1: pick them. Fuck that.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, so Chelsea's plus 1,400. Uh, Liverpool is plus 175. Liverpool is obviously um, second favorite to uh, to win the league. Um, shit, man. I uh, See, I really wanted – I, I was hoping I would get Chelsea, actually. Too bad. I got him. Shit. All right. Um, I'm going to take with my second – red shite. Sorry, what are you I'm, – I'm trying to d- determine how much I hate myself. All right, I'm going to take Man U. Fuck it, why not? Yeah, you had to. I I thought about Arsenal, man, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the
1: trigger. So,
0: all right, I got Man U. MJ, great. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm taking Arsenal from you because I'm an asshole. <laughs> uh, and and Arse, I'm an hole.
0: Arsenal, all right. Uh, Arsenal is a plus 6600. Uh, man U is plus 800 to win. So, um, five of the top six teams are off the board. Dan, what are you doing?
2: Uh. do yeah, too, it by the way do it i don't god i don't want spurs <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I fucking don't want spurs i don't i don't, I don't want it. this i don't fuck you guys i hate this so much you know what i'm not taking spurs i'm going to take leeds and i'm going to take wolves
0: all right leeds and wolves uh let's see here leeds is uh uh oh yeah Oh yeah, plus uh, twenty five thousand, and uh, Wolves are plus ten thousand to uh, to win the league. So, um, MJ,
1: I'll I'll take Spurs. Um, I've said many times, I cheer for some Young Min as long as he's wearing a red shirt, and when he's wearing a white one, I cheer against him. But, but we'll 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 take Tottenham. All right. um
0: all right well, i got two picks i'm gonna take with my first one i'm gonna take lester uh and i'm gonna take another team that's gonna finish above everton southampton <laughs>
1: well, they did last season. All right, MJ, you taking Everton or? Yeah, I'll take Everton. You left it for me. I left, you returned the favor. You returned the I favor. Did. I'll I'll take Everton. I did. Yeah, do I'm Everton.
2: not a big fan of this Merseyside coalition horse shit. Nobody left Arsenal for me.
1: <laughs> All right, Dan, you got two picks. I'm
2: Thank actually thr- I, I'm thrilled with this. Um, yeah. I'm going to take Crystal Palace, who I'm very high on this year. And uh, Newcastle, who I think could legitimately challenge the top 10.
1: I will take Sheffield United. And I also think could challenge for the top 10.
0: All right. Um, well, that means you are stuck with uh, West Brom, MJ. Yep. Your pick. Yep. All right. So let's see here. Crystal Palace, Sheffield are gone, Everton. Newcastle.
2: As long as we're uh, stalled out here, Thomas uh, Rodriguez has been finalized during this podcast. Continuing our run of like <laughs> news always breaking on Mondays.
0: Right on. <laughs> All right, definitely. I'm gonna take Burnley and Fulham. Um, I definitely, uh, I'm, I have t- definitely a lot higher on Burnley than uh, than the oddsmakers are, and the oddsmakers are really po- uh, pissed poor on Fulham. They are uh, plus a hundred thousand to win the win the league. So. MJ gets West Brom, and Dan, you get, the last, uh, you get the last pick of the draft. Oh, man. Take West Ham United, buddy. Come on.
1: <laughs> I mean, the thing
2: is, is, like, they have the most upside, right? Like, what if, what if, for once, all of their pieces come together? What if David Moyes is actually a genius? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, not, it's not Brighton. I think Brighton is going to struggle. I think there may be a relegation team this year. So, you know what? I
0: am going to take West Ham. There you go. Way to do it, bud um Watch him get sixth this year. <laughs> All right. So, to uh, if, if you're keeping track at home, Dan has Man City, Leeds, Wolves, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, and West Ham United. MJ has Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, Everton, Sheffield United, and West Brom. It's a pretty good looking lineup, and I have uh, Liverpool, Man U, Leicester City, Southampton, Burnley, and Fulham. I
2: feel like MJ uh, MJ may have won that draft.
0: I, yes, I, 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 he has, I think the, I yeah, have less drum. How
1: can I won the draft? I mean. Yes.
0: Yeah, but, you know, you had, uh, what, one, two, three, five of the top 10 teams or five, top 12 teams last year. So I think you did pretty good, man.
1: You uh, know, if we're not getting any two picks in a row, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, so what's your top six is now that we've, that we've given away our, what well, we think our teams are ranked. Um, who wants to go first? Who, what do you think? I'll uh, go first. What's 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 all do it? Let's let's do it in in order here. Um who's gonna win the league? Uh, does anybody think not anybody but Man City? I mean
1: anybody picking Liverpool? Voting for citizens.
0: Not nah, City. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I I think City's coming in first. Um I think Liverpool's coming in second. Is there any 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 disagreement there? Nope. Nope. All right. Um I actually like Chelsea coming in third. Same.
1: Same.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, Manu, U, uh, fourth for me. Yep. I'm thinking Arsenal. Arsenal, all right. All right. Um,
1: I have uh, – I actually have Arsenal coming in fifth.
0: Um, I do as challenging, well. Challenging, so.
1: And I, I, I have uh, Manchester United at fifth. <laughs> okay. Wow, this is really fucking boring. All right. <laughs> uh, sixth. I, I'm trying I... to be not boring, guys. I'm trying to pick an upset here, or not. You know, whatever. Okay. Um, who we got for six? I have Leicester City. Damn it! You, okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Tottenham. All right. I'll take Wolves. Sweet. We got a little bit of a variety at number six. Yeah. All right. Who's going down? Can I start? Are, are, are we naming all three, or just? Yes, go ahead. and Name all three. Okay, I say Aston Villa, Brighton and Hove Albion, and West Bromwich Albion. If you have Albion in your name, you're you're going down.
2: It's just a tough year for white people, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. All right, Dan, who you got going down? I heard that,
1: Dan.
2: The joke is that like Albion means white.
1: Yeah, no, I got it. Okay, just making sure. Just I making it was sure. Hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted some fake rage in the podcast.
2: I mean, that's entirely fair. I just wanted to make sure that the joke scanned. Uh oh, man, I really haven't been hauling on this. I got West Brom and, and Brighton going down. I think that that third spot is going to be hotly contested between Villa, Fulham, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I hate Southampton this year. I don't think they're I don't think they're a very good team at all. Ah. Uh, but I'm going to say Fulham goes down. It breaks my heart. I love Craven Cottage. I love Fulham, but uh, they are, they are my second EPL team. So I'm thrilled that they're back, but they're, this so this is an up and down. <laughs> I, I don't
0: think they're going to yo-yo this year. I think Fulham's actually going to play fairly well. I think though, I think them and Leeds will, will probably finish mid table. Uh, I got West Brom, Aston Villa and uh, West Ham going down. Um, fuck the hammers. Fuck Karen Bright, Brady. Uh, yeah. I got the hammers going down. Would you Love David Moy so much. I do not love David Moyes. David Moyes has coached two of the teams I really don't like in the, in the, in the league, well, three, including West Ham. So, um, <laughs> all right, boys, we did it. We did it. Uh, that's your EPL preview podcast. I'm gonna get this up to the Patreons later this afternoon. Uh, it will be, I'm going to set it, schedule it to go out, uh, to the regular listeners on Saturday morning. So you'll get, uh, you'll be able to have to listen to, you'll be able to get to listen to us, um, as the games are kicking off. Um, you know, don't listen to, uh, uh Rebecca Lowe, um listen to the Daves that you know. So guys, you guys have anything else you want to say quickly about the uh EPL season other than I think it's gonna be a I think it's gonna be an interesting one. I, I think there's I think it's gonna be the race is gonna be a lot tighter. Um, you know, I, I don't think 60, sixty-six points is gonna get you fourth place this year. I think you're gonna need a lot more than that, but I think there's also gonna be a huge gap between the top four, the top six and you know, the rest of the, the rest of the team. So
1: I was gonna say other than the top three. I think there's a lot of play in the top 10 in the, in four through 10. Um, and I think there's parody, there's parody in, in spots four through 10. So we'll, we'll, we'll see.
2: Yeah. I think I, I agree with both the two of you. I think this will be a, a very, very good season. I think it'll be very intense. Uh, there aren't really a lot of dead weeks. Um, you know, I predicted Fulham to go down. I also predicted them to beat a top six side. So... Uh, I, I think the teams that do well this season are those that have the depth to rotate the squad, but also that they can keep the mental focus, and that comes a, down to a lot of, of coaching. Um, and that may be where where Liverpool does have the benefit, because I think Jurgen Klopp's the best coach in the league. Um, I'm really excited. I, this is the type of season where you know, if it's a, a random Saturday, Arsenal plays Sunday, I will happily sit down and watch newcastle lcfc i'll watch villa versus probably not like west Brom. That match is just gonna suck but like <laughs> this is i this is i believe the most talented top to bottom english premier league we've ever had and that means every game is going to be pretty hotly contested and it should be a hell of a season i'm really really looking forward to it also arsenal is going to win the fa cup again so uh just just get ready to seed that one already over to me
1: <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that we'll keep an eye on that you gotta, you gotta right. qualify for champions league somehow
2: true <laughs> that's europa though so we got to yeah. win europa oh, to get a qualify
1: for europa somehow
2: <laughs> there we go. hey it worked last year
0: all those thursday sunday games are, are really fun uh on your <laughs> your body uh all right well thank you everybody uh for listening uh please again rate and review us um if you're not a patreon member uh if you're listening to this on saturday or next week uh patreon.com slash the names i know you'll get this content early like our friend our fun uh, patrons did at TDI and on twitter i'm at texas zeller dan's at d wade mj's at mj Matt. so please uh d- you know message us and tell us what we got wrong um tell us how awesome west ham is gonna be if you're uh a West Ham United fan thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll uh, hopefully we'll catch you out um, when it's safe to to watch games out at the bars and stuff uh, out watching some EPL Murrays Saturday and Sunday morning so we've been the days you know this is the days I know we have got to try and work it out cause we both
1: know we can't do nothing at all Uh, yeah. uh, we, uh, we, we, we do our things, son Long as you do yours, land here, become fleek, hun Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our things, son Do the act, we attract to hope to reach one uh, we, yeah. we, we, we do our things, do it We, 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 we do our things, son will paint a piece, someone spray with a machine gun It's mad work to be done uh, we, 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 we do our we things, things, son I can't, I can't do nothing. nothing at all, y'all know we can't do nothing at all